0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast, and my guest tonight is Brian Idle. How's it going, Brian? Hey, man. Uh, Thanks for
1: having me on. It's uh, it's good to be there. Uh, I want Real quick. Uh, I would like to give a congratulations to one of my students, uh, Tristan Ty. Uh, I just signed with MLW today. That's uh, Major League Wrestling on uh, BN Sports Network and uh, a lot of you know a lot of big guys in there like Teddy Hart, uh, David Hart Smith. Uh I don't know they got a ton of guys, on Phoenix, they got all these guys over there.
0: Hey, don't forget Brian Pillman.
1: Oh Brian Pillman, yeah, he's part of the heart.
0: That's pretty good. Um, Let's talk about your uh, promotion, fighting the World uh, Wrestling. You're the owner and trainer as well.
1: Uh, Yeah, I train at one of the schools. um, But yeah, I I pretty much oversee the whole thing. And um, yeah, it's been around like, I don't know, almost 11, 12 years, I forget. (laughs) And, uh, And we've definitely run very big shows. I would say, you know, at one time we were probably Largest in all of New York, uh, probably back about six or seven years ago. Um, but ultimately, I shifted it into a direction where it was more about the students of the academies. Um, at one point, we had four academies. We're we're uh, at two right now. <laughs> and um, you know, once I put the focus on them, it kind of changed the the dynamic of the company a little bit. And you know, maybe maybe to some of the fans.
0: totally agree with you too um that's why i liked to go to some indie promotions i like to go to indie promotions where they have their own roster and then once in a while maybe have a legend or a big star in but most of the time i'd rather um see the the roster of that promotion you know grow within the company and see how far they go as superstars in the ring
1: you know in the in the country or or you know what what's promotion within a state
0: Yeah, tell totally agree with you. There's a um, promotion here where I live at, um, Future Great Wrestling over here in uh, Hamilton, Ohio, outside of Cincinnati, which is run by uh, Cody Hawk. And he's the same way, too. He's just has so much great talent that he's trained over the years that have moved up and went to uh, um, other places as well, you know, like WWE, uh you know, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. I mean, he's trained a lot of guys from, you know, Dean Ambrose, uh, Eli Drake, Braxton Sutter, Sammy Callahan, and also Shauna Reed, who's making her name up in the uh, ranks of the indies as well. Right. And, and I like that, because a lot of people don't realize these people you see at the indies, um, sooner or later, they're gonna end up being, you know, stars over at New Japan, or Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, and all that great stuff, too. A lot of people don't realize that either. Right, exactly. All right, um, tell me a little bit about your time in Japan. What, what was your experience over in Japan? What was it like uh, wrestling over there?
1: Well, I haven't talked much about it, so I'm saying I'll try to, <laughs> try to organize it a little bit. But, I mean, basically, um, I went there with not a whole lot. As far as bookings, like, I had just enough uh, to, to justify going there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, right from the start, it was just, like, it couldn't, it couldn't have gone any better. It couldn't have been any smoother. And it was, like, everywhere I went, I stood out, and I just, you know, I mean, things just went in my favor. Like, I just had great matches and just, you know, a lot of, uh, I just met a lot of the right people. And uh, one thing kept leading to another, and I just kept getting on bigger and bigger shows. And like I said, just, you know, the whole thing went so incredibly well that, you know, I would say it definitely changed the dynamic of probably my whole career. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, it's exciting. Um, you know, there was a lot of highlights there. Uh, I did, I was on TV multiple times. Like, on, I think they have, like, news networks that are you know a big deal and they're and they're dedicated they they have dedicated like newscasts to wrestling so i appeared on a couple of those and uh like i was in there with like you know uh dan Severn was there for one of them so it was pretty cool to be you know put in this upper echelon like here's me and dan Severn, you know and like we're the feature of the whole thing and like i'm sitting there and i mean it's dan Severn, so He's obviously done a lot in MMA and even in pro wrestling. You know, you have the NWA titles and this and that. So, uh, I mean, it was really, really cool. And, uh, you know, I have, you know, I've been negotiations for some stuff
0: That's pretty good. So did you also enjoy the culture over there as well?
1: In Japan he was doing main events with like Hogan and Flair and uh you know in America too, I mean he had tons of matches with like Savage and all these guys, but you know, like I said, what in America it was like he was you know, he was a typical heel and you know, having to put all these guys over and whatever, but in Japan it was like almost the other way around, so like, you know, he's a big, big deal there. So it was really cool to to have him, you know, kinda of take me under his wing, kinda of take me around and uh you know, I guess I felt good to, for him to, to like me enough to want to do that, you
0: know? That's pretty good. So what did you learn from him as well? Did, you, did he show you a few things in the ring?
1: I will tell you for a fact. Tiger Chung Lee taught me how to throw the best punch ever. <laughs> I, I still don't think I could do it as good as him, but he throws, he throws a mean punch.
0: Oh, that's pretty wild. They had to... I w- that would have had to been cool to learn that. You're probably like, wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it was awesome. Man. And and like, here's the thing about Tiger Chung Lee, 71 years old. This dude is still wrestling. And when I say wrestling, he's taking bumps. He's catching guys doing dives. Like he's an animal. He's an animal. And I don't know how he does it. Uh, 71 years old, and he's like, dude walks. You know, he, he do a lot of walking over there. And like, this guy's walking up and down stairs with me all day you know, two, three miles, like, no problem, I mean, he's a a Rick, 71 years old, probably six feet three, and about, I don't know, 270 pounds, 280 pounds,
0: oh, that's pretty wild, man, I'd give him props to be able to do that, he could probably kick a lot of guys' ass here in the States, (laughs) I think,
1: I think he would, I think, especially, like, a lot of the legends, though, like, I think he would. These legends up like pretzels, like because like I you know I know a lot of them and some of them are in good shape still, but not at at seventy one. They don't have that kind of size power. Like the dude, really, he's like you know he's he's really in good shape. And even funny enough, I just got to tell the story. Okay. Now that we're talking about him, so when I came back from Japan, uh, one of the shows I was on during Mania Week, I ran into uh, Little Guido. You know. uh, Yeah. And so I'm telling him, he's like, oh, cool, cool. And then I was like, you know, I told him, I said, hey, you know, I I made really good friends with uh, Tiger Chung Lee. And, uh, you know, he was super awesome there. And he looks at me with the most serious face, like, like too serious and like too confused. And he's like, Tiger Chung Lee, like Tiger Chung Lee's dead. And so, like, I look at him and for a second, I'm thinking he knows something I don't know. So I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, he's dead. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, well, when did you hear that? And then he's like, what do you mean? He's been dead for years. And I was like, dude, Tiger Tuckley is not dead. So I had to sit there and I was like, I pulled my phone out and I
2: had to Google. And I was like, look, he just wrestled the other day, dude. And I'm like showing him pictures of Tiger Lee <laughs> wrestling. So I just thought that was hilarious.
0: Oh, that was too. I bet his eyes dropped and you can it'd be like this. You know, you could have went up to him and like, "Hey, um, you want to uh, see a punch I learned from as well? You want me to demonstrate it?" <laughs> I know that's what I was telling him. I was like, go check out this." I was, I seriously did
1: that. I was like, Yeah, sorry, I throw a punch, you did this, that." I was telling him everything. I was like, dude. "I was like, dude, we were eating ramen together." I was like, "Not dead." I was like, I, I, he's "Are like, you sure it's Tiger Chumley?" Then, like, you know, being it's wrestling somewhere. in the this- Mind, I could see him like wondering if somebody didn't like hustle me, and it was like some fake guy, pretending yeah, Tiger Chung Lee, like some dude was just taking me around like he was some wrestling legend, which totally crap.
0: That's pretty funny as well Um, We also have a mutual friend too Uh, She just uh, posted on Twitter um, For uh, um, Everyone to check out this podcast We're doing She said come and check out um, this podcast With my boyfriend and best friend And um, that's our friend That's our friend Holly
1: Yeah well not many uh, Girls could get away with saying that Where I would uh, probably refute it But in her case I I will take that because she is very nice looking and uh, so I mean if that's what she wants that's just
0: fine with me that's pretty good because she speaks highly of you and she she she's really into you too and I, I just think it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah no nah,
2: she's,
0: she's really cool she's funny too oh yeah she always cracks me up she sends me the most funniest stuff on the phone all the time it's like what are you thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah she's a great girl also
1: Plus, I was also man, She has a cool car. She sent me pictures of her car that she picked up recently, and it's pretty red. So, you know, it's pretty rare you got a good looking girl like that with a badass car.
0: Yeah, and she's an outdoors woman, too, you know, down, you know, down out in the like country. Heaven,
2: yeah, yeah. You a keeper, for sure.
0: Yeah, um, I've seen pictures of her car as well, the Charger. It's a beautiful Charger, man. Yeah,
2: pretty
0: sweet. And speaking she's got of. A pretty sweet car. Yeah, and I got a Corvette. Yeah, tell me about your uh, 79 Corvette, and what got you into getting a 79 Corvette, and were you always into Corvettes growing up?
1: Uh, Not really, you know, my father had one, probably, I mean, this probably got me, like, to want it, like, when I was, like, 16, my father had, like, a 77, and it was orange, and, uh, you know, I've driven cars before at that point, like, I had a license at that point, even, but I'm saying, like... I was driving cars when I was, like, 12. I had, like, older brothers and cousins. They let me drive their car. They didn't care. So, uh, you know, but I used to... I drove his car a few times, you know, and it was pretty badass. And it was hard for me at the time because I was, like I said, 16. I didn't really... I couldn't really drive a stick shift car too well, so... uh, But I had a lot of fun driving it, you know. Even though the car those 77 Corvettes like his didn't have a lot of power but you know because it's a it's a manual transmission if you bang off the clutch it'll burn the tires so you know just probably that was the first car I ever did that in and uh and I just remember my father getting pissed off like he just looking like the was like you know because it wasn't like I did it to be badass I did it because I did not let off the clutch good and uh but yeah I always liked that car when he had it you know and then uh it was like you know you know my father passed away whatever whatever you know that car went it was gone or whatever and then uh you know I was just to the point where like I knew I needed a new car and uh you know I was looking around and I had a motorcycle and I was like you know i want to look at some old Corvettes and then so I started looking at old Corvettes then I started getting into them you know and I was like all right and then you know I found one that I mean I wanted one probably in black like but I wasn't set. like I was thinking about maybe blue or uh or like a, an orange-ish like the one he had so I was like all right I'm down with any of these colors and then I found a black one and I was like all right I'm gonna take this <laughs> so and I actually got it you know it was in good shape when I got it but I mean I've done I mean I fully restored it so and I did it pretty much myself so it's pretty cool man I really uh I really like working on on the car i don't like when it breaks and i end up on the side of the road in the hot sun but because it doesn't matter how many i can have a it's got a brand new motor it's got a brand new transmission it doesn't matter something always breaks on it but i mean the cool thing is you can always fix it so it's never like you're never stranded
0: hey that's pretty good as well um speaking of your father as well um how supportive uh was he when you decided you wanted to become a train and become a professional wrestler
1: Yeah, It would be like 11 a.m., we'd be at the bar with him, me and my older brother, and we're, you know, all of probably, I was maybe five years old, six years old, and my brother's like 10. And, uh, you know, we'd be like playing the shuffleboard
2: bowling thing at the bar, you know, those things. Yeah.
1: And uh, so I don't know, I mean, I wish it would be cool, you know, if you could see (laughs) what I look like now, you know, like, I think you would take it a lot more seriously. But I mean, he he just thought it was like nonsense, you know, like he didn't hate it, but he was just not really that impressed
0: by it. But I think he would be now. That's pretty good as well. And then when you were trained as well, too, um, you started off as a gimmick uh, um, uh, as uh, Earl Cooter.
1: Not what I started off as. Believe it or not, man, my career has been endless. We're talking twenty years at this point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I did that was that was like my first real, uh, gimmick with any success, and that that came about because of uh, I was wrestling with Jersey All Pro.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: And they actually came up with it, and they it was it was to you know some what happened was somebody had gotten hurt the night before a huge show, and they had nothing. We're like, all right, we have this idea to try to, like, create something. And so the guy just looked at me, and he was like, you know, you look kind of like a redneck. And I was like, all right, whatever, because these are, like, very New York people. God forbid you have long hair or a trucker hat, and to them, your your name might as well be Cletus. (laughs) And, and And that's pretty much what he said to me. And he was like, you know, what's that show, uh, My Name is Earl, right? And I was like, okay, hey, he there you go, Earl. And then he was like, then he was walking by me again five minutes later. And then he's like, uh, it's a Hazard. He was like, uh, was like, what, was that, what was that goofy name? It was like a tow truck guy or whatever? he was like, oh, and I was, and I knew. I was like, oh, Cooter Davenport. And he was like, <laughs> that's it, dude, you're real cooter. I said, that's it, man.
0: Oh, that's um, pretty. That
1: was, that was a guy named Johnny.
0: Hey, that's pretty. He was, he was the booker of Jersey All-Pro. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, so, um, what was it like to you know wrestle over in the East Coast, like Jersey and New York, and all that? And um, how's the wrestling scene over there? And how die hard are the fans over there?
1: Uh, well, the wrestling scene over there is probably the best in the country. I mean, it's people think it's fallen off in the last few years, but I don't really think so. I think pound for pound, you can pull all the best wrestlers in the country. They're usually. Pretty much the New York, New Jersey, Philly area is where most of them. I mean, I Ohio counts too, I guess. But there's, you know, that 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 area up there, Northeast, is is probably the best in the whole country. And uh, you know, so I think that's good. As far as the fans, I mean, they're the most smart mark or the smart mark. So like, if you can get a reaction out of them, and, and and you know, on an indie level, or you know, if you think that's what you want to do, then if you can get it there, then you can get it anywhere. So, in that regard, they're cool. But I don't think that are the friendliest or most accepting because they definitely they will definitely get on you about stuff they don't like, and they'll definitely you know bust your balls out there. Whereas you know when you do places like Georgia and Tennessee and you know a lot of the Midwest, it's a lot different. They're very grateful right from the start. And I would say if you ask me overall. In the world so far, my experience, um, I would say the most appreciative fans are probably Japan, but I think the biggest, most intense fans are up in the Nova Scotia area.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you in Canada. Canada has a lot of great wrestling and great athletes and all the fans, man, they're appreciated and... Of towards and, wrestling, yeah, it's a
2: good, it's a good mix of respect and
1: enthusiasm. Like, like those crowds are super large, Like they go crazy. So it's definitely. I always loved. You know, for a minute there, I was like a household name up in the in the Nova Scotia, the Maritimes, <laughs> and uh, I, I love every minute of it. I can't wait to go back there. It's been too
0: long. So since you've been up to Canada wrestling in the Maritimes as well, have you ever thought about going over to a smash wrestling or super kicked?
2: You know, I,
1: I I, I think I was supposed to do something in like with a smash. I think Uh, it was, but I think they were doing something with like Kaiju big battle. And I think I was going to do a Kaiju match and I was going to do a smash match. And honestly, I missed the plane. I, I overslept and I remember waking up and I, I was like, I, I, it's rare that I ever would do that, but I was like, shit, I missed it. And there was just no other flights. And I was like, ah, whatever. And I remember, I remember texting Randy from Caillou and I was like, I'm really sorry, dude. Just, I don't worry about it. And, and I was like, you know, so uh, that was the end of that. So, and I, I don't, I don't think I ever inquired about and, Cause I was, uh, like I, I can't remember if it was Smash or Super Trick. It was one of them. It was one of those two that was running the show with them. And uh, I, I just uh, you know, like I said, after that, I was like, I, I didn't bother contact anybody because they probably would think I was on my because anyway I missed the plane, which is on me. So that's why I haven't
0: wrestled there. Oh, that's pretty cool as well. Um, I saw a match um, with you as well. You were in there with another wrestler I like as well, Fasid the Neon Ninja. What's it like to get in a ring with him?
2: Uh, what was that? Joey Janelle Spring
1: Break. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was all right, man. Uh, he's got a really cool uh, style, you know. I like his, uh, I like, I mean, I like his gimmick. I like the the spray paint and that, and the colors, and he's got an awesome manager. And he's fun to work with. I mean, I, I think we didn't get to do a whole lot. It was like one spot, and then like did a dive. you know, it's the Joey you know, you know, Jones Spring Break Clusterfuck
0: match. <laughs> I love how you say that. That's clever. Um, that's something I would say. <laughs> oh, no, that's what it's called. That's, that's I know. It's called, it's called the, the Clusterfuck, Spring Break Clusterfuck. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Um, you've also been in the ring with a lot of legends as well from, you know, Go McFoley, Mick Foley, Terry Funk. Yeah. Just incredible, just incredible, boss Mahoney and Sabu. So, of all those guys you got in the ring, who'd you learn most from, and who um um gave you gave you the the fight for your life?
1: Um, who'd I learn the most from? Probably Jake the Snake. I mean, he always he'll teach you when you're in the ring, and it's funny because he's got that voice, man. When like you're like when you're in the ring with him, and he's like yelling shit at you. <laughs> And he's like it's just like come here ha, ha. Like, he was like, it's just too funny like, get the hell over here ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it makes me laugh like I used to die laughing I remember one time he was trying to like take home a match
2: early and like I think most people like I knew him very well at this point yeah. I think
1: most people like most you know indie guys would be like shitting their pants when Jake the Snake's telling you to take it home and uh, you know it was funny because like I completely ignored him and I was like shut up I was like we're not doing that <laughs> like it just made me laugh so much, and he's like cursing me at me, like "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, actually, Balls a lot, you know, was super helpful to me and and super encouraging. Like, uh, you know, he early, you know, that was
2: it wasn't really early in my career because, like I said, I had I had wrestled previously, that yeah.
0: Hey, that's pretty good as well. Um, I mean, I, I always enjoyed watching them in the ring as too. And another cool thing I like about you as well, um, you bring it like a, a, a unique approach in the ring as well. I just like your style and how you go by it. It's all good for me as well. Um, You also had a WWE trial as well. What was that like?
1: give you a lot of pointers and, and a lot of real real talk about you know what wrestling is, which which is cool. You know, I think I think it was good for everybody to hear that. And you know, it was. It, I don't think they have to do that. It was cool that, that some of the guys like legal and them go out of their way at Bobby Brookside and they they tell you a lot. You know, that a lot extra that you know they, they don't have to mention where they could just say, hey, do these rolls, hit these ropes, do this. You know what I mean? Instead, they're telling you what makes a good match and what makes a good wrestler and uh, so you know it's cool and then, and then overall the, the place is amazing you know I, I told somebody else this before it's like the equivalent of uh, Professor X's uh, school for the gifted you know it's like th- there's everything there you need to be a superhero you know you just have to go to class and you gotta learn and you gotta do this and, and in the end you'll be amazing and you can see they definitely have that structure there so I mean that's obviously why they can produce a lot of very talented guys on NXT and stuff
0: like that. Um you also uh wrestled her over in Evolve as well. Um that's another great promotion as well. What was one of your uh, um uh, favorite match over in Evolve? Huh.
1: Yeah, like I said I've been I've, I've been a part of that uh you know the part of WWN for uh, I mean I'm still kind of there so we're looking at like six and a half, seven years, I think, at this point. And, uh, you know, if you were like, what are, what, my favorite person to, to work with there is uh, I like Jody Christopherson, which he's since retired. His father was super famous
2: actor, Chris Christopherson. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so, you know,
1: best friends with Johnny Cash and all that. It's pretty cool. And, uh,
0: pretty good as well. And now of your 20 year career in the ring as well. um, Have you had any regrets? pretty good as well and another thing you like to do when you're not in in the ring as well you love to find fun places to eat so are you like a big foodie you don't look like a foodie at all I mean you're just and you' you just have that <laughs> awesome chisel
1: because like man versus <laughs> food yeah <laughs> like a, a large pizza,
0: like a, a, a Domino's pizza or a Little Caesars pizza. I could eat two of those in one sitting. Wow. And it doesn't even look I'm, like... it.
1: I'll crush, like, two of those, no problem. And, like, a two-liter bottle of Coke. Like, it doesn't even... That's nothing. So, like, when it, when it comes to eating, man, like, I always... Like, you know, when you work out a lot, man, you can, you can get away with it. And you can, uh, it actually makes you eat more. So, I love... You know, I got my spots around. Uh, you know, I live I live in the Tampa area, so I got my spots around here. Where uh, like, you know, when I, I don't do it every day, but when I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna eat, I know where I'm gonna go pick out. And, like, I got my go to places, but I always love finding new ones. You know, like I love uh, I'm a huge fan of like roadside barbecues. Like, you know, you go past these weird places and they got funny signs. You know, and it'll say things like "best barbecue." In Florida, and
2: you know,
0: right there, I gotta check it out. Hey, that's pretty cool as well. Um, I have a lot of friends that live in the Tampa area too, and you know, when I'm when I go out there, I'm gonna have to look you up, and I'm gonna have to um, challenge you and uh, see if you can eat a large pizza quicker.
1: (laughs) I will crush it like that's like not even. I'm serious, dude.
2: Like you'll be like I eat so fast like when I eat
1: too like it's it's kind of (laughs) gross. Like like, I can put down. I mean, I've been doing it for years, man. I don't know. Like, I love eating, man. Like, and, and I, I guess I'm a binge eater. I don't know, like, because I don't do it every day. But, like, if I'm going to, like, normally I, I have a very strict diet. But when it's time to, like, have a cheat meal, like, I, you know, I, like I said, you see The Rock puts out pictures like that where he's doing crazy things. And, like I said, I'd, I'd say I'm
2: somewhere on par with that.
0: Um, oh, hey, that's pretty good as well. And um, another thing is, um, I also heard a story. Um, do you have a Liberace picture hanging in your living room? I have a
1: gigantic Liberace portrait. in my living room. It is large. It's, I, I don't know the dimensions.
0: Wow. And, uh, yeah, it, it exists there. And it's pretty ridiculous. Hey, uh, what got you uh, in getting that picture? And Are you like a uh, Liberace fan of his music? Yeah, you
1: know, I, first of all, Liberace is a phenomenal piano player, or was a phenomenal piano player.
0: Um, I don't know if you saw the movie. Uh, yeah, I did. Michael Douglas? I think it was two. I may be wrong. If you got a chance to meet Liberace when he um if he was still alive, what would you ask him? I right, do
1: that is a bottomless question. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: I don't know, man. I did. I, I love Liberace's rings, I'll
2: tell
1: you that. <laughs> I'd probably ask him about his rings, dude, like you know he had that he had that he had a couple of those cool like piano rings. And I mean just his piano. You know, and you know like he, he was so, like, he was so badass with his pianos. Like, even,
2: uh, uh what was it, the Emmys or, not Emmys, uh, Grammys, I yeah. think it was. When Cardi B played, I think it was Cardi B, Uh,
1: yeah, she was laying all over Liberace. So it was Liberace's piano, his actual piano that was out there in the performance.
0: Oh, that's pretty wild. Have you ever thought about going over to Vegas to go visit his underground house?
1: Uh, I may actually be there next week, my friend.
0: Oh really? You're a wrestling? Funny, 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 you should
1: ask. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to be out in L.A. and uh, there has been talk of the fact that maybe I will check out the Liberace Museum, as they call it, out in uh, Las
2: Vegas, Nevada.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and if you're in Las Vegas, Nevada, you can stop by and say hello to uh, Jake the Snake and Sin Boldy because they got a wrestling school out there as well. Yeah, no, I know him very
1: well. Uh, <laughs> I know. I don't Jake's wasn't over there right now? I thought he was back in Atlanta. I don't know. I was a crack. He's always in Atlanta, Texas, somewhere around. So I will shoot him a text, and uh, he'll probably tell me he doesn't want to see me. But uh, I, will
2: try. I will try to hit him up. And Finn's really cool, too. I've been a
0: great guy. Yeah, Finn's a great guy. And um, when you go finally go visit Liberace's place and all that, you better post pictures, man. I want to get a good chuckle. <laughs>
1: Can already tell you, I called there, uh uh-huh. and they are already sold
0: out. Wow! So I'm trying to figure
1: out a way. I'm like, how the hell is this thing sold out on a Monday? So I'm trying to figure out a way to weasel my way into the Liberace Museum.
0: And hey, that'd be pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing some pictures as well. I'm also. that'd be pretty wild as well um so um how'd you come up with brian idol was there like a story to that
1: there is a great story to
0: that by the way okay uh, probably a career defining moment slash
2: like there's not many things that make me say like
1: oh it was an honor or i mean there are things but just i'm not one of these dudes where everything is like oh you
2: would not believe yeah Yeah.
1: redneck thing and you know here i am coming with my hair all ratty you know crappy
2: looking gear on purpose you know what i'm saying yeah totally playing the character i remember days where i would do wrestling shows i wouldn't brush my teeth you know what i mean yeah my teeth look bad like i was doing
1: anything i could you know what i mean I'd, i'd smear peanut butter on my face i'd pencil in my beard uh you know so i really played the character and i think so many people believed it that like you know Nobody would think anything of it, and then like I started realizing, like, look, there's only there's only so far to go with this, you know, especially after I mean, and not, not especially after, but you know, TNA did steal they they did try to actually steal my intellectual property of Earl
0: Cooter, yeah, and uh, you know, after you know
1: Cody Deaner had done that and and they were calling him Cooter and whatever, like I just realized, you know, it was about as far as it could go. So anyway. I started changing my look and I stopped wearing this weird singlet and I started wearing trunks and I started getting in really, really good shape and, and changing my whole deal and it wasn't until and here's where I'm getting at that I've been okay. off, but <laughs> it wasn't until this show in Queens, New York where Joey Styles was uh, was standing there and here's what he said to me Okay. so the, the show hasn't started yet and for once like, I'm in the middle of, like I said, I was changing my look, you know, not the name, just the look. Yeah. And I had showed up at the show wearing what I would wear in real life, so here I am with, like, you know, these kind of cool skinny jeans or whatever you want to call them, and, like, a tight black shirt. Yeah. You, know, you could see I'm built. I got my hair actually styled, and I got a hot girl with me. And I walk in, and Joey Styles, who had just hung out with me, like, uh, a couple before it evolved when like you know i'm in the middle of a crazy day over there and like he didn't he saw me after the show so like you know i was wearing like uh, i think i was wearing like the track suit that they give you and and this and that so i just looked like shit anyway so now he sees me all dressed up and like he like double takes at me and he's like hey, and he's like he's a cooler? and i was like yeah he's calm oh, man i didn't even recognize you and then like he's like looking at me and, and he was like he was like, man, I didn't even realize you were a wrestler last time we met. He's like, I thought you were like, I didn't know what you were. He's like, I just thought you were like one of these dudes that was like in production or like <laughs> a wrestler. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah. He's like, you look. He's like, you look great, dude. And he's like, look at you, you got like the highest girl here with you. He's like, you're dressed. He's like, what? He's like, why do you use this name? And I was like, actually, man, I've been thinking about changing it, but like, I'm just known as this, and I've traveled. say oh I'm gonna abandon the name and he was like yeah you know but like maybe you should he was like why don't you try it tonight so I was like really you're thinking in like It's like, it just kind of shows who you are. And that day, what he came up with, which is simple enough, and he's like, well, it's simple. He's like, but whatever. Let's just just try it on and see how it feels. So I came out as uh, Brian Cash, and I wrestled actually a little bit all that day as Brian Cash. And then, obviously, there's a million wrestlers on the indies using the name Cash, and I realized that, and I was like, pretty quickly. So then I changed it to Brian Clash, and then it just... Something didn't feel right about it or whatever, and I don't know, man, I just kind of, I kind of just kept sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and then it just hit me like a, like a, like a lightning bolt, and then I just, I became, you know, I was like, all right, it's Brian Idol, the end, and uh, I won't be changing my
0: name anymore. (laughs) Hey, it's it's perfectly on you as well. And speaking of uh, modeling and acting, um, how'd you get into that? Were you doing that way before a professional wrestling? Oh, yeah, wrestling, or were you uh, did that first, and, and then you started wrestling? Uh, well, like, I started wrestling
2: when I was
1: 16, man, and so during that time, I mean, I was in bands too, like, and I was in a pretty popular band, like, in New York City, and we used to play all big places and stuff. So that kind of led to making a couple connections and meeting some people. And I used to have a couple celebrity friends, and, uh, you know, they would introduce me to people. And I, I mean, a lot of it was, like, a slow buildup, you know, like, I would, I would get a gig here, get a gig there, but I, I wouldn't really a living and like I was kind of doing other stuff and I was wrestling and like so like I was kind of like finding my way still but it wasn't you know it, it, that was the start of it. It some resume and then like one of the bigger things I had done was like back when they were doing the wrestler movie in like 2008
2: yeah
0: Mr. (laughs) Greco!
1: almost landed on a couple
2: of TV shows hopefully uh, I I could see something like that happening soon
0: oh I can see it Um, you got to look for it I mean um, you really do you're a handsome guy man you would have no problem landing a role on a TV show or movie at all
1: Like it's, uh, you know, it's a fine line. You know, it's, it's sometimes like one. You know, you could go one way and you're you're you have a thousand bookings and and you're a megastar and you're the hottest new thing. Or you know, you could just sit on the other side of that and it doesn't mean you know you could be you could be the next big guy, but you're just that that shot hasn't come along. So you know, I just think uh, I'm not saying it's either or, but I'm saying it's just you know, that's how entertainment is, so I, I got a couple of things that uh, I'm in talks with, I mean, but basically, I'm all over the place right now, man, I, between traveling and wrestling, and like I said, I know I'm going back to Japan, uh, so, I mean, I got my
0: It's pretty
1: to Stay ge- in shape, and, and lead a normal life is, is is enough to occupy my time, and, and you know, the, the cool thing is I'm lucky, I don't really need the money, and, uh, you know, so I'm able to, to pick and choose what, what I need to do and what's best for me.
0: And it's pretty good as well. Especially you mentioned Richard Grieco. At least we know who he is. You know from the Twenty One Jump Street, and he had his own show, Booker. It's so funny how you mention that because today a lot of people wouldn't even know who Richard Grieco was.
2: <laughs> Unless you're a fan of
1: Always Sunny in Philadelphia, probably not. He did make an appearance on there. <laughs> he was featured prominently in an episode, which was a great episode. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of today's youth may not know who Richard Grieco was. So basically, if you sum it up fast, you're like, well, you know he was like Johnny Depp except he didn't hit like Johnny Depp's uh,
0: you know fame status that hey, did you? but
2: originally he was basically the other Johnny
0: Depp oh he was and it didn't work out because he started on 21 Jump Street and then he gave him a show Booker which didn't last long uh, he was
2: in a lot of cool movies Richard Rico was in If Looks Could Kill do you
0: remember that movie? yeah with him and uh, Linda Hunt about where he was mistaken for a spy with a sexy <laughs> Gabriel Anwar good
2: movie right?
0: That was a great movie.
1: Uh, Movies Movies I watched as a kid all the time. That was a skip school
2: movie
0: for sure. Oh, I enjoyed watching that too. I thought it was just so great. Some of the stuff he did, you know, especially the scene where he was in that uh, hotel suite with that lady, uh, that um, sexy woman that was trying to kill him and he thought he was going to get lucky. (laughs) It was funny. Yeah, great movie, great movie. And,
2: yeah, Richard, you know, he had some hits,
0: man. Yeah, he did. He had some good movies as well. Um, when you were, like, working in pre-production uh, of The Wrestler, uh, did you um, get the chance to talk to Mickey Rourke? <laughs>
1: I got a chance to show him how to take bumps. Uh,
0: really? What was that was like?
1: A, there was another dude. They had, actually, a mini, you know, like a, like a low boy ring. It was inside. Like, uh, protozoa Studios was, that's uh, Darren Arnofsky's, at least what it used to be called. I yeah. probably been sued of- a jillion times, so I'm sure he changed the name, but, but of Films or Studios, whatever it was called, it was actually in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg area, and uh, it was just a warehouse, you know, like a multi-floor warehouse, and when I say warehouse, not even really a warehouse, because it wasn't large. Mm-hmm. It was basically like an office building, and somewhere in that second floor, they had a, you would go in, it was literally like just desks, it looked like uh, a crappy office, and right in the middle of the room there was a, a a floor level red and uh it was right there and uh Mickey Rourke would come there and they would discuss things and uh they had people there to train him and uh I wasn't one of the trainers but there was a time where he was in there we were talking and I can't remember exactly what how one thing led to another but we were showing him clotheslines and uh you know so it went from there but I don't want to discredit him but I don't think he took many bumps in the movie I think uh they had a they had a stunt double
0: who did most of it. Hey, well that's cool. You show them a clothesline and have the bump as well. You know something? Oh, it was super
1: cool. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I just think about this story. Okay. They actually filmed some of that uh, at Jersey All Pro, like some of the live, I'm in a live action scene in the movie that they filmed at Jersey All Pro, and uh, so Mickey Rourke
2: was a character. You know, he, they were filming the scene, so here he is, Randy the Ram with the long hair, and yeah. the whole like,
1: deal. And he was walking around the back, and I'll never forget, like, uh, I don't know if you know who this guy is, but the Grim Reefer. He's a very popular Northeast wrestler, and super good, just one of these guys that never made it big, but, like, super good. Everybody, you know, around there knows him, and he's had matches with, you know, anybody from CM Punk to, uh, you know, Chris Hirova, to this guy, to this guy, to this guy. He's wrestled everybody, and they all will say he's a good wrestler. Uh, anyway, I, you know, he's a very New York, you know, like, who's this guy, you know, like, look at this guy, and, like, so, <laughs> Mickey Rourke is standing in the, in the locker
2: room, like, in his whole character, and, like, you know, we're, you know, you're used to seeing, you know, you know who these people are in the locker room, yeah and, like, everybody's shaking hands, and, like, people are going up to Mickey Rourke, and they're, you know, trying not to be excited, and, they're, yeah. you know, they're, like, hey,
1: you know, trying to, like, you know, sandboy and, like, Reaper just, like, gives him, like, this, like, half handshake, and he looks at me, he's like, who the?
0: That is funny how he said that about Mickey Rourke. That's
1: oh, dude, straight out. I swear to God, shook his hand, didn't even get a step away from. Him, just turned his head and looked at me He's like, "Who the fuck is this? He's
0: a loser?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, did Mickey Rourke hear that? <laughs> uh, probably. He was like, I had no idea that I was like, "Oh,
1: that's Mickey." I was like, "It's for the movie, dude." He's like, "Oh, that's
0: the guy's a car." Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> So, Brian, where can everybody find you on social media if they want to follow you? The Bell was a cool show back in the day, man. You gotta like Zach Morris. Come on, man.
1: Dude, I had a, I had a Screech on my show, man. He was on a he did an FTW show before, and 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 we worked with PWS, and they had Mister Belding. So, I mean,
2: you know, we're we're ultimate saved by the Bell fans.
0: Oh, I am too. Um, speaking of uh, Mark Paul Gosler, um, I met him at the. Um, Um, Louisville, uh, not Louisville, the Lexington Comic Con um, doing this first, you know, like appearance and all that. And it it was pretty cool, man. He's like a genuine, humble, down-to-earth dude. Yeah, all those guys are pretty
1: cool, man. Like I said, Screech was pretty cool. He's a little bit of a mess, but uh, I liked him.
0: Would you ever wrestle Screech in the ring? Uh I wanted to, but actually my brother did. I was pretty jealous.
1: My brother my brother and Damien Darling wrestled Screech and uh, Atu.
0: And
2: it was a good match.
0: Oh, wow. You have a brother that wrestled in the indies as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I never knew that. I learned something new tonight on this podcast. trained
1: pop- in Celebrity Championship Wrestling. He was trained by Hogan and Brian Knobs. Oh. And then, uh, you know, he was doing indie shows for a while. So we got him to do an indie show. Oh, that's. Ran cool. into him at a bar. I ran into me, me and my me and my old uh, business partner ran into him at a bar, and uh, you know we're like, "Yo, you want to still do this wrestling thing?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so we're like, "All right, we got Screech."
0: Oh, that had have been cool just to see that. That would have been uh, pretty cool to see. Uh, it might be on the internet, man. You
1: might be able to find. You might be able to Google it on uh, you or search it on YouTube. I, I think I think you'll find it if you type in. Screech wrestling, maybe like FTW wrestling screech. I think I think it's there,
0: man. That's pretty cool, else. And Brian, uh, thank you uh, for you know uh, um, coming on, you know out of your busy schedule to come on and uh, share your story with me as well.
2: Yeah, no problem. I'm supposed to be teaching wrestling class right now, but instead I'm
1: sitting here cutting uh, phone interviews. Hey, that's pretty (laughs) good. Those kids really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know they're probably (laughs) hating you. They're like, "Who's that bastard you talking to?" (laughs)
1: Whatever, man. But like we got nothing to complain about. See, one of the kids just got signed today, so we know what we're
0: doing over here. Hey, that's pretty good as well. And speaking how you like delete some people off your Facebook for stupid stuff, you know hey. I um, I bet you I bet you you would never delete um Holly. <laughs> Only if she says
1: bad stuff about me, but otherwise
2: no. I would have
0: <laughs> no reason to. All right. Like I said, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. All right, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, and everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Russell Popcast. And you can follow me at Twitter, WPopcast1, Facebook at Russell Popcast. And you can listen to my episodes at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, uh, podcastcity.net, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, any uh, platform out there. Everybody have a great evening.